0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, June 17th, 2020. And of course, we're all watching the market, we're all paying attention to what's going on. Uh, today was kind of a mixed day, uh, maybe a little more on the downside than mixed, but you know, wasn't a bad day after we've had, what, three days in a row up? So, you know, not too bad. But we got to watch it. It's got to be careful. It's always interesting to me, and I think that you, who the listeners, will find it of interest, too, or else you wouldn't be listening to the show. Should you buy the dip when it happens? Or sell your positions? You know, I've told you, never, ever, ever... Sell out of the market. You can you can sell back. You can take uh, defensive positions, but don't ever get out completely because the market has an upward bias. You're on to trying to guess right or swim. And the worst thing can happen to a beginner is that he gets it right the first couple of guesses, because then he thinks he's infallible, and then uh, he will he will guess wrong big time at some point. So just. We're not, in this, we're not investing to guess we're investing to buy a piece of a company that's earning well managed well has a, a nice profit margin stay in power and pays a dividend would be ideal doesn't have to pay a dividend but it would be nice we buy companies not try to guess that it's going to go up or down that's very difficult to do very difficult okay so That's our job. And we certainly have a lot of uh, volatility going on. And it's going to continue. Just be prepared. It's going to continue. Now, today in this program, I'll do my best to answer your questions. It is a call-in show. Answer your questions unbiasedly. Any investment questions or any money questions you want to ask, I'll answer. So, and of course... If you have a strategy, I'll talk about a strategy and whether it's worthwhile to keep it or change out of your strategy. It's always great to have rules, but you got to follow your own rules. A lot of people don't do that. I remember one of my younger days, I always wanted to change my own rules. And I took a long time for me to come up with the basic rules that I live by. But once you come up with them, long term, they work pretty good just to have a good set of rules. My number is 888-99-CHART. It is a call show I do want to hear from you. My name is Steve Peasley, and this show is called Invest Talk. And my company is KPP Financial, based in Irvine, California. And of course, you know, we, as I actually report, repeat quite often, we operate under a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. Justin Klein and I are a little bit different than other investment advisors, and you know why. First, we, we give and use unbiased guidance. We don't buy any information from anybody other than pure data. We do our own research. We also, we only recommend investor strategies that we implement for ourselves, our own personal money. And we call it parallel investing, when we buy the exact same thing as our clients, exact same percentage and price, At the same time, everything. So our performance is your performance. I'm ready for your calls right now. 888-99-CHART is the number, 888-99-CHART. And yes, we are, you know, using technology to meet with people. Justin Klein can offer no cost, no obligation, portfolio assessments via telephone, Skype, or Jive. You know, especially now in this COVID virus environment that we're still living in. I'm not sure when we'll eventually get out of it. I think we will eventually, will eventually someday. Have this behind us, but not yet. Not yet. So, be happy to do that for you if you just send us an email or call or call our Irvine office. Send me an email, go to invest.com, send a contact us, and just say that's what you would like. So, my main talking point today should you increase your stock exposure? I found a story that explains how to approach your allocation when the stock market's performing like a ping pong ball. So we'll take a look at that. Uh, how about you need to attack debt and prepare for another rainy day? Right? We just had went through a big rainy day. We're still not quite through it, but we're mostly through it. That was the COVID virus shutdown. You got to prepare for another one. I want to talk about housing starts for May. Surprising numbers. Surprising and why would anybody want to buy JCPenney in bankruptcy? JCPenney filed bankruptcy, Chapter 11. Why would anybody want it? Simon Properties, the big mall owner and operator, he wants it. Why? So we're going to talk about Those are the things I'm going to discuss, but, of course, you drive the show. I'm only the host. You tell me where to go. Let's go to Corey in Ohio. Corey in Ohio, Hello, how guys. are you doing there? Thanks for calling. Hey, I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you.
2: I appreciate you taking my call. I, I, I'm 32 years old. I'm trying to build my dividend portfolio uh, over time. I'm looking at Edison International, a utility in California. Um, to pay a nice dividend, I own it at $60. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on it. I, I don't plan on selling it anytime soon. Just kind of want to continue to build, but... Uh, I know your thoughts on utility companies in California in general, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this one specifically.
1: Yeah. Generally, outside of California, I kind of like utilities. Uh, They pay nice dividends and it's safe and so on and so forth. And you probably heard me, uh, uh, Corey, talk about the litigious nature here about wildfires, right? And the utilities probably deserve that, that, Feeling that they're at fault for the fires because they have been at fault for several levels. am Of course, the latest big one, uh, Edison International is a holding company providing electric utility services to five million customers in California in a fifty-thousand-square-mile area. They have been very steady on their earnings, usually around in the mid-four dollars per share. They're going to be four forty-three this year, four fifty-seven next year. Pays a 4.3% dividend. Return equity is pretty high for a utility at 14%. Cash flow is very high at $9.72. Not much growth in sales, really. Not much. Uh, it tends to be flat. Uh, in the last year, it's been flat. So that's a. It's a good, solid utility. The numbers are solid. Utilities are usually very stable. And so, Corey, the old, and I like. Edison International, except for that one caveat that I, you know, about the lawsuits about the fires. You know, that's that's the only worry I have. And you know what? Corey, could go five years, ten years, and not have a big lawsuit about fires. But every once in a while, there's a big problem. So I I just tend to stay away from California only because of that. Appreciate the call, Corey. Thank you. You're listening to Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and... As we watch economic activity resume in many states, I, I think I can safely say that people want life to go back to normal. They want it to do as quickly as possible. I know I do. So let's hope we can do that. You know, the problem is, you're probably going to have a second wave. Long as we can, long as we can take care of the people, and we don't, or we don't overburden our our health care system. You know, but we don't want to have a huge breakout again. In the meantime, how can you be better prepared for market swings, for market volatility? We should talk about that. And your participation is important. It's part of the mix. It's show you have to have it. I have to have it. Let's put it that way. So now I'm here and ready to take your questions live, 8, at 8 99 charge.
2: You are listening to Invest Talk, and we've all been watching the news and market volatility. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready with unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Yeah, this is Jim out in Concord. With the market so high, is there a broker where you can buy fractional
1: shares? Thank you. Generally speaking, no. You have to buy one whole share. But I know if you reinvest dividends, they buy fractional shares. You know, in buying the company, I've seen that. But when you when you put in an order, you have to. There's no. You know, I like to buy two point six percent shares. It's you, know, you got to buy a full share, and I don't think there's any uh, that almost any brokerage firm that you use. You buy whole shares. Now, I'm not sure that all the discount uh, brokerage would allow to buy fractional shares. I'm not sure. The broker can do that, you know. That is possible, but then they have to keep track of whatever fractional shares because they they own shares. Most brokerage firms own shares in a lot of companies. So they might be able to do that. But I don't know if there's a brokerage firm. I don't know of one. I I don't know of one. I'm trying to think. Maybe I'll see if I can after the during the break next break. I'll tell you if I can find one. Thanks for the question. Appreciate that. My main talking point today: Should you increase your stock exposure? Uh, I I get this question a lot. I really do. Um, you know, how do you get in if the market's high? How do you how do you get in the market because it's expensive, or a stock that you want to buy because it's expensive? How do you get into that? You know, um, remember. As I said before, long term the market goes up. Long term, right now the market is unreasonably high compared to the earnings that we're ha- we're going to have. Everybody is looking forward to much better time, and you saw the market cr- crash one day, a week or so ago, because profit takers decided, man, this is way too high. Let's take some money. So how do you? I mean, how do you? How do you get in a market? When you know it's expensive, you want to get in it, but it's just very too high. Many people have, you know, they fear of the fear of missing out, FOMO they call it, fear of missing out, and they jump in high, but those are the same people that jump out low and they end up making no money. They lose money every time. But if it is high, how do you get in? Well, there's what we call a dollar cost average approach. You just put in a little bit of money at a time. And, you know, you just you put $1,000 a week or 2000 every two weeks in the market consistently over time. That, and if you, you buy it when it's low, you buy it when it's high, and it averages all out, and you're fine. Or when it does make a correction like that big one we had, buy a few positions. Every time it corrects, buy a few positions. Take your time. If it takes a year for you to get in, that's okay. Don't worry about it. There's always opportunity at some point in the market. You know, and one of the reasons why the market is high is because there's no place else to go. I was talking to someone today. I said, well, you, you know, you got $500,000 in cash and, you know, you're making next to nothing on that money. So where do you go? How do you, If you want to be pretty darn conservative, where do you go? The Federal Reserve made sure may, has made sure that you can't make any money in savings. You can't make any money buying short-term uh, bonds of any kind. I mean, the Treasuries, I think, the two years, pays 0.6% per year. I mean, come on. you Even the 10-year, you can't make. You can't make 1%. You can't even make 1% a year. While inflation, very low right now, is around 2 So you're losing money. So that's why people want to keep pushing in the market. Why is it so expensive? Because there's no place else to go. But you still have to use some basic principles of valuations. The market is expensive, simple as that. Think about earnings, they have been nothing. It's gonna be virtually nothing, uh, very little this quarter this past quarter. We're coming up at the end of the quarter, the end of this month. It's gonna be very poor, generally speaking. On the next Invest talk, is the baby boomer investing era coming to a close? One analyst says, we are in the middle of an environmental investing shift. And it means investors will need to be positioned for that change. Justin Klein will be here tomorrow to go through this story. I think it's happening myself. Well now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm going to take your questions live at eight 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 ninety nine 99 chart
2: You are listening to Talk. On the calendar, summer will be here soon. But now you've got finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls. InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, guys. Love the podcast. Thank you for taking my call. I had a question about ticker symbol OKE. I I don't have a position yet, but I'm looking to buy. Just want to know what your thoughts were. It's got five years of net income growth and offers a pretty solid dividend. I was wondering if you think the dividend is safe and if you think they'll still be able
1: to grow after the whole COVID-19 thing. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, One Oak Inc., O-K-E, engaged in natural gas and uh, uh, natural gas gathering processing in Rocky Mountains. It is a $15 billion dollar company. It's going to make2.86 cents this year per share. I have to make it 307 last year. And then go up a little bit to 293 next year. Sales have been falling for five or six quarters in a row. I wonder why that is so. I mean, I understand, you know because of the COVID virus, but why, why for so many quarters in a row. This has it down here as a ten point two percent dividend thirty six dollar stock. Well, ten percent of thirty six is three dollars and sixty cents, but it's only going to make two dollars and ninety three cents next year. So how can it pay three dollars and sixty cents? Well, the cash flow is four twenty five. So I think your dividend is in jeopardy. return on equity is very high at twenty percent. The P E ratio is twenty. That's right in the right uh, probably about the mid range. Uh, And they have pretty good debt, pretty high debt. So the high debt, no sales growth, and the dividend is is too high. So it wouldn't be for me. It's not something that I would buy. I don't think you should buy it. I just don't think that dividend is sustainable. It looks very attractive, right? 10%. Wow. But can it pay it? I don't think so. So be very very careful. Okay. You need to... Start attacking your debt and prepare for another rainy day. You have to, okay, because rainy days always come along. Look what happened. Look what happened. We were just fat, dumb, and happy with the economy growing pretty strong, and then the COVID virus hit. Something happens. No one came right out of the blue. No one can can predict it. So what do you do? Well, first, get your budget under control. You know, I, I, I talk to a lot of nieces and nephews and my family members and say, and I tell them almost all the time, and I think i bored them to death so far, it's never an earnings problem. It's a spending problem. It's not an earnings problem for almost everybody out there. It's a spending problem. And separate your wants from your needs. Because, you know, you spend all this money because you want something do you really need to go to Starbucks every day I mean that was very common do you need can't you you can't make your own coffee now I understand it's it's a want I'm like okay but it's not a need and then you can say do you need that new uh, blouse or those new pants or those new sunglasses do you need them or do you just want them? And once you start set it, separating them in your head, a need from a want, you'll find out that most of your purchases are wants, not needs. Now, also, if you have a mortgage or you have credit card debt, time to lock in lower interest rates. Mortgages are really, really, really cheap. Lock it in. And credit cards, you know you can transfer that to a no interest credit card for six months, or they have different programs, different deals. Take advantage of them. Start preparing for the next rainy day. It's not impossible. It's not hard, and start paying down your debt. It's not. It's it should be something you should just do automatically. I have a friend who, uh, you know, built their dream home, and it's great. Uh, and, but now he has two mortgages, and he's under a lot of stress. Well, you know, you don't need to do that to yourself. I, I, I see no reason to do that. You don't put yourself under additional stress when you don't have to. You know, be be very very careful. Don't lock yourself into something that is hard to get out of. You know, it's not it's illiquid. Prepare for that next rainy day, everybody. It's going to come. I just can't tell you when or what it will be like. Could it be another coronavirus? Could it be another return next year? That's possible. Or it could be another virus. Or it could be something totally different. No one knows. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Uh, you know, there's a number of companies filing for bankruptcy because uh, pushed to bankruptcy from this COVID uh, virus. Many of those companies were weak to begin with. Some were not. But I wanna talk about those weak companies that were thrown into bankruptcy. I wanna make sure you understand that there's two kinds of bankruptcies. There's chapter 11 and chapter seven. The two common bankruptcies out there. Most big companies file chapter 11, not chapter seven. Because chapter 11 is reorganization Chapter 7 is liquidation. Now, each day the best talk we focus on stock market activity and how it affects the many thousands of our listeners. Okay, as we go to break, here's my trivia question. The speed of stock transactions is now faster than ever thanks to electronic trading. So when did everyday trades first get access to electronic trade? And which year was it was a very well known and early electronic trading company founded? I'll have the answers after the break, but now we are taking your market and financial questions live, 888-99-CHARGE.
3: Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay. Why? I mean, how would it come in handy and where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip or maybe you want to connect with family members? Com, hackerone.com.
2: You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99 Chart.
1: Okay, before the break, I, I, I asked a trivia question. The speed of, of stock transactions is now faster than ever thanks to electronic trading. So, when did everybody trade? everyday traders first get access to electronic trading? And in which year was the very well-known and early electronic trading company founded? First, let me define electronic trading for you. It is a process of conducting a stock market transaction buy or sell orders using an electronic port platform that transfers the order to a physical person to complete. Now, probably everybody out there listening says, well, yeah, of course, that's how you do it. How did you do it before? How could it be done before? You picked up the phone, you called your broker, you put in the order that way. You called them. Or you went to the local office and you met with them. That's how you used to do it. Oh. And to, so, So today, the web means that investors can react quickly. So the markets are constantly changing faster than they ever have. Electronic trading was made possible by the internet, and it first began as a seriously widely accessible activity in the early 1990s. E-Trade Securities, Inc. was founded in 1991, and trader access was offered via America Online and CompuServe. Remember those companies? By 1994, E-Trade Revenues... Approached 11 million, up from 850,000 in 1992. Two years, 850,000 to 11 million in two years. By 1996, the company has 73,000 accounts and processed 8,000 trades per day, with quarterly revenues quarterly revenues of 15 million. In 2018, E-Trade had 4,000 employees, net income of one billion. So. That's what happened. E Trade was made possible because its founders had startup capital, which they largely amassed from their earlier company, Trade Plus of Palo Alto, California, which they started in nineteen eighty two with a capital investment of only fifteen thousand dollars. Too bad we didn't invest in that, huh? So where were you in nineteen eighty two? I bet you, I mean, I mean, it's like missing out on Microsoft when they first started, or Apple, or Amazon, you know, which many of us, including myself, all missed out on when they first started. You just never know. Let's go to Brian in Kansas. Brian. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Good, how about yourself?
3: Doing really good, enjoying the uh, the hot,
1: humid weather of Kansas. Is it humid? I love Kansas. It is. I've been there. I loved Kansas City. I I spent a a month in Kansas City once in my early career. Loved it. Anyways, go ahead. You had a question. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking at uh, LZAGY. It's Lonza. Now, uh, when I was getting my MBA, one of my friends, he worked for the
2: parent company, um, Uh LZAGF. And uh, I purchased lz AGY
1: for a short time, uh, made some pretty good money off of it, but I, I've never been able to really find great information on it. Uh, okay. I'm just curious if you have better information and you can guide me because I'd like to get back into it. Um, okay. But, but yeah, I, I, that's where I'm at. Okay. This is a very, uh, very strong company. Uh, it's based in Switzerland. You know, when you have a symbol ending with a Y traded on our exchanges, it's always a foreign company. That's what that Y stands for. So this is L Z A G Y, Lanza Group, Switzerland-based company that produces organic fine chemicals, biocides, and active ingredients. It's a $38 billion company. It's not small. Sales have been growing eight, nine percent for every quarter for the last year. So about nine percent a year growth in sales. They're gonna make a dollar thirty-six this year and a dollar fifty-five earnings have, been going, uh, have consistently gone up consistently for the last 10 years and up strongly. And that's why the P.E. is 49. Uh, it's a $51.90 stock, $51.90, pays a tiny dividend. Uh, uh, the five-year range of the P.E. is 22 to 49, and today it's at 49. Turned equity is 12%, which is okay. It's not great, but okay. They don't have a lot of debt, super strong company. And they're at new 52-week high. I would not buy it because you're chasing it here. You'll be chasing it. Wait for a pullback. And you're never going to get it cheap, Brian. It's not going to become cheap. So if you want to get into it, wait for, I would suggest, a good pullback will be in the high 40s, 47, 48. Remember, it's only 51.90, so that's not that far down. A better pullback would be the mid-40s, and the best would be around 40. If you can get a 40, if it goes there, you buy this thing all day long. But I don't know if it's going to go there. So give it. Give, if you can get a 5% pullback, that would be very good. A 10% would be great. That's about it. You're going to have to buy up for it. But don't chase it. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Nick in Nebraska. Nebraska. He wants to talk about Allstate, Nick. How's it going? Good. Thank you for the call.
2: Good. Good. So wanted to talk, as you mentioned, about Allstate. All. Um, I bought in fairly recently at about one hundred and five. Uh huh. Um, and then
1: started uh, buying more as it drops to dollar cost average. Uh huh. Um, and and it. And it's
2: gone down to about
3: 98 now.
2: Um, I got in because the the PE is at about eight, and it pays a two percent dividend. Um, I was I at that price, the earnings. I was really surprised that it went down. I thought for sure it would go up. Obviously, there's never a sure thing, but I thought that it would go up. Can you tell me more? I mean, everybody's heard of the company. Um, right. Can yeah, you I tell can me tell you more as, as to why it might have gone down in the last couple of weeks?
1: Sure, sure, I can. Allstate Group, everybody, A L L is a simple offers personal property, casualty, life insurance, uh, other investment products, mainly in the U.S. They have been very consistent in their earnings moving up. Five years ago, ten years ago, they're making five, five dollars, six dollars a share. Next year, they're going to make ten dollars. This year they're going to make ten dollars, ten dollars ninety five cents. Matter of fact, this year, so per share, and it's a ninety seven dollar stock. So therefore, the PE is low, below ten. Also, uh, has uh, and other insurance companies, most property casual insurance companies don't pay at high multiples of PE. They never do. So when you see a low PE, doesn't mean that this stock is cheap. Because it's always been a low PE, their PE range is five to sixteen, and it's at eight, so it's right. It's on the lower end, which is not a bad place to be. I don't think you bought it wrong. I think you bought it right. The price you paid for it was, you know, okay, uh, but that's been. It's been now in a range between ninety and a hundred and three dollars a share, ever since mid-April, so it's still in its range. Uh, so it's range bound here for the last two or three months. Why? Is, why is that so? Why is that? It doesn't have much debt. Has pretty good return on equity. You know, good profit margin. Why can't it? Why shouldn't it go up? Well, the most it's been in the last ten years is one hundred and five dollars a share. That's the most it's been. The highest. Okay. Uh, I take that back. It did hit one hundred thirteen dollars a share last year. So there's the top end of your range. You're thinking that it can go higher than that. It's going to be difficult for it to do that. Okay. It's just going to be difficult. Um, I think it got up. You know, I would I even take that back, you know, because I'm looking over the years and 113 was last year. This year, it actually got up to, in February, uh, 122. So there's probably your peak, Yeah, but I think it's trapped in this range because sales aren't going up. Sales are kind of flat this last quarter, down eight percent. Before that, the quarter before that, the December quarter was up twenty one percent. That's probably why it peaked at one twenty three. So it's just not going to. It doesn't get a lot of attention, Nick, from investors. They don't. They don't get excited about it and bid it up. So, you, what you do on these kinds of stocks is make sure you buy it cheap and you make sure you you buy it because you like the dividend. It's a decent core holding. It's just never going to be exciting for you. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Dave. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And during these times when many of us work at home and stay at home, you might have some additional discretionary time and discretionary time because you aren't really commuting. Uh, In this case, I encourage you to explore the financial investment information we posted on our website. At InvestTalk.com, you can click on the investment programs link. This is where you can learn more about the various investment strategies, opportunities that we offer to our KPP financial clients and prospective clients. So you can check out the balanced income program. It offers kind of a mix, a blend, a pretty ideal mix and blend between uh, stocks and bonds. It's pretty conservative. And then the dynamic growth investment program, which is all stocks and pretty aggressive. Depends on what you want. We have five different levels of risk programs. So explore investtalk.com, please. Check it out. And when you're ready to speak with me or Justin, just send us a message or give us a call at KPP Financial. We can easily set up a portfolio assessment by conducting a personalized Portfolio review via telephone, Skype, or HI meetings, either, any of those systems. And now I'm taking your questions live 888 99 chart.
2: Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial. Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial Practices Parallel Investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about Parallel Investing and the other KPP Financial Programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278.
1: 888-992-4278. The Housing Starts Report came out today. Up 4.3% for May. Okay, so the reopening of the economy and ultra-low ultra, ultra low mortgage rates is boosting uh, people to go out and buy homes. But what's really surprising about the report was the permits. Remember, the permits, building permits, is a leading economic indicator. The Housing Starts Report is a lagging economic indicator. Permits is leading, and it always comes out with the housing starts report, how many permits are issued for future building. That jumped 14.4% to 1.22 million annualized homes, 14.4%. That was a huge, unexpected jump. So remember, starts right now are about 1.1 million, so... And that was a little bit less than expected. Builders saw a surge in applications to buy a new home. So they have now sped up. They're hiring people to build those houses. And the applications for a new home have been going up for nine weeks in a row. Granted, it was from a low point, but constantly going up. So builders are pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. Why? Why? because housing is a, is a very strong foundation of our economy. Housing, healthy housing market. The Fed has said they're gonna leave interest rates alone, so that means uh, the 10-year treasury, which kind of tracks the mortgage, is probably gonna stay low, and housing is probably gonna be strong for the next year or two. It's only when inflation starts to come that we might see interest rates start to rise regardless of what the Fed wants. But we'll see. I, I think that's pretty good news. Adobe Analytics has reported that American consumers are increasing their online spending. Well, because you're stuck at home, of course. So that shouldn't be a surprise, right? $82.5 billion spent online just during the month of May. $82.5 billion for the month of May online. Now keep in mind, online business is a 720 billion segment in total, but 82 billion in one month. Online sales are growing 18 to 20% a year. Online is diverting business from traditional retail stores. Why JCPenney filed bankruptcy? Which I'm going to talk about. The United States is the largest retail market in the world, which sells over 5 trillion US dollars. 5 trillion. That's why the consumer is so important to our economy. That money being spent in the system. Remember, it's not... Money has to flow to grow our economy. Any economy has to flow. It can't get stuck. If it gets stuck, the economy comes to a halt. All economies have that same problem. So the Fed and printing money is like gasoline to an engine the more more gasoline you give that engine the higher it's going to rev and that's the theory by the, Con- the federal reserve printing money putting more money in the system spending more money than we actually bring in you know spending more that's 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 the theory to get the growth going to keep it growing fat and of course there's like anything else you can spend too much you can print too much and the engine's running too hot it's going to blow up and that does happen happened in 2008, something will blow out on the engine, some part. And that's what we saw in 2008 was a housing part. So we don't want to rev it up too high. This is the Best talk. I'm Steve Peasley and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. You know that's true. We talk about it all the time. And our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in. 888 99 Charlie.
2: This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Mark from Michigan. Love your podcast. I'm calling about symbol RE. I took a position when it was coming out of a double bottom around May 18th, and it's up more than 20% since then. Wanted to know if you see this as a long or a good long-term hold or not. Thank you, and I look forward to your response on the pod.
1: Actually, I do. Uh, Everest Reinsurance Group, symbol RE, headquarters in Bermuda. Bermuda-based company offering reinsurance and insurance products in the U.S. and international markets. What is reinsurance? Uh, does everybody know what that means? Look, quickly, I'll, just really, really quick. Insurance companies insure themselves against disasters. And how, who, who do they go to? They go to the reinsurance market. What happens is they may say uh, there's different kinds of reinsurance, Okay. They may say, "I don't want to have a loss bigger than a million dollars on any one policy that we ever write," or they might say, "We don't have want to have losses more than uh, eighty million this entire year on our insurance policies." So they'll pay a premium to a reinsurance company to insure themselves. That reinsurance company goes to a bunch of other insurance companies and give them a piece of it, and they'll take a piece themselves of that risk and they all get a piece of the premium from the insurance companies that buy in the reinsurance. That's what they do. It's a pretty lucrative business. Now, uh, they're going to make $13.69 this year, then $23.05 next year. Reinsurance companies uh, are can be extremely profitable, but every once in a while they get hit with some losses. For instance, uh, Everest only made $4.59 in 2018, then bounced back to $21 in 2019, then $13 this year, then $23. So their, their earnings can be very erratic because of the claims that might happen. You know, they might insure hurricane risks, you know, insurance company. It, it, it It's very a, a, a niche piece of uh, business, but usually pretty profitable. Okay, they're going to make $23, and it's a $215 stock. So that tells you it's under 10 PE based on next year's earnings. This year's earnings under $13. So that tells you that it's, what, 20 PE this year. That's how you get it right. It pays a 2.9% dividend. I think that's pretty secure. Cash flow is very high. Uh, sales are very erratic, too. 1% growth of the most recent quarter, but the quarter before that was 24% growth. That's a That's a reinsurance company. Everest Re is a very good reinsurance company, 8.6 billion size. Um, it was at 280 before the fall. And I'm pretty sure it's going to get back there at some point, but it may take a couple of years. It's probably going to struggle under the about 240, you know, but right now it's at 215. It's going to struggle with that because it's a very, you know, over the years it's a pretty slow grower. So I don't think that's going to be, changing anytime soon but you got 20 cent profit if it, this could be a core holding for you you can don't have to trade out of it it's now struggling in the 215 to 230 area and that's where you're going to take profits if you want to take profits and get out okay that's again everest re re is the symbol jc penny is in bankruptcy chapter 11 reorganization And Simon Properties is a big mall owner, owns a bunch of malls, and malls with J.C. Penney's as one of the anchor stores. They are considering buying them. Now, why would they do that? It's bankrupt. Well, Penney's, it says they closed, that if, if Simon Brothers bought them, they said they'd close 154 stores and keep 63 locations open. And those 63 locations are all in Simon Properties Mall. So they would keep those anchor stores. Why would they do that? Because anchor stores pay very little to the mall. Those anchor stores don't make hardly any money for the mall. It's those little stores in between. So that's their interest is to keep people coming in. Even if they come into Jay-Z Binney, but they buy stuff in the other little stores in the mall. It's a attacking, they hope, for work. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Okay. I'm Steve Peasy. Thank you for listening to another Invest Talk. And Justin Klein will be here tomorrow. I will return Friday with highlights of the newest KPP premium newsletter I put out, everybody. And please tell your friends we have posted a new Best of Caller Questions podcast. It can be downloaded now free at InvestTalk.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Have a great night, everybody.